Hello friends, this is the 6-27-2020 Saturday morning episode of Wake Up and Think Clearly, featuring Luis Del Pino and special guest Ken Hernandez. I believe he'll show up in part two. And uh, Rami Katene will show up in part three, more or less. So I split this uh, session of June 27 into four parts. I hope you don't mind. But I think it's, it's a very good session. And it covers a lot of interesting concepts introduced mostly by Luis Del Pino, who's been studying the idea of reality looking at itself to, I suppose, to know itself. <laughs> and so we are, uh, this is my paraphrasing of it. Perhaps I'm wrong, but I, I think of it as we are droplets of reality doing the same thing as reality is doing. So when we as reality look at ourselves, we are assisting reality in seeing itself. But then of course, when we see ourselves, we are approaching a, a state of enlightenment or Buddhahood. So let's listen to this session. I also have this session on YouTube in the Wake Up and Think Clearly channel. And uh, so it's being uploaded right now. And so you can see the visuals of people talking. Oh, there's also Mike M from Chicago contributing to his to this conversation and this is a very good uh, topic it's the topic is on Boltzmann's concept of reality and perhaps I will give a link if I haven't already to uh, the the article or the document that one can read to supplement this conversation and also in the youtube video of the same session uh, i inserted a portion of the document by boltzmann where he talks about science and how it looks at different theories of reality and he suggests that we should uh, not discard any theory, but consider them all as a different way of looking at reality. So let's begin now. Thank you. Oh, because uh, in part one, and also in the YouTube uh, version of this meeting, I added two minutes of an intro plus we really don't get around 
to business until about 10 minutes into the video, I believe. So you may want to slide over to the 13-minute mark or so of this uh, part to get to where we talk about Boltzmann's concept of reality with Luis del Pino asking me about what what I got about uh, me reading the article. Hello friends. The following Zoom meeting has been approved for audiences to wake up and think clearly by the Clear Thinkers Association of America. The film advertised has been rated WUTC. Wake up and think clearly. Closed-minded may be cracked open. Some material may be inappropriate for the childish mind. Cordial thought-provoking discussion on wisdom and compassion may develop. For more information, visit wakeupandthinkclearly.org. That's www.wakeup, the letter N, thinkclearly.org. Or visit www.buddhism.org. Four, that's the number four, happiness dot site. Thank you. Luis del Pino. Yes. I'm I'm in I'm in the Zoom meeting. So you can join me by typing in my phone number and no password. Isn't that wonderful? Well, well, it'll take you to a, it'll take you to like a, a waiting room, and then I'll let you in for security. Okay, bye.
we're going to discuss an article that we were supposed to read called Boltzmann's, Boltzmann's Additional Code, Concept of Reality. So I'm going to admit my friend Wasted Pino. Mm. Okay, there. There he is. Luis! Oh. Wait a minute. How's that? Oh. Wait a minute. Hello! Wait a minute. Unmute. Mm. Mm. Unmute audio. Oh, good morning. <gasps> Luis! I was muted, I'm sorry. Oh, Luis. You were muted. You unmuted yourself. Just like trying, that. I was trying to unmute you. From here, but, <laughs> oh, but I can I can mute you. You like, can mute me, uh, or I can mute you, unmute you. Uh, also with a with a oops, with a keyboard, I can go Alt A destroy. Alt A destroy. Alt A mute me. Go I'll, from stuck. What's this? Oh, A, uh, mutes or unmutes me. This reminds me of, uh, uh, what, what was the Toy Stories, uh, of the spaceman. Uh, he says, go from, no, set, set from uh, stun to kill. <laughs> with his toy gun. You can destroy the world with this toy gun. <laughs> well, good morning. We are, uh, morning. we are we ready to go. Do you get the David is not going to join us today because he said he could not host, but he did not say he could not attend. Oh, that's good. There's hope. Ah. I mentioned it to Rami. And uh, how was how was the meeting yesterday? By the way, I mentioned it to uh, a guy named I forgot his name. Oh, Mike Cordero at a at a meetup yes last night. Rami and I attended a meetup. Yes. With the Stoics, with Dan Stoic. And How so, did that go? And so, and so I mentioned it to Mike Cordero. He might enjoy it. I don't know. Well, what was the what was the the subject of the meeting? Something. Oh, oh Epi, Epictetus. 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 Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Epictetus. It was. Uh, Listen, you need to, uh, we need to go ahead and invite the, uh, I'm going to do that on my phone line. Hold on a second, I'm not going anywhere, I'm going to invite uh, Francisco. Francisco, Francisco, uh, uh, join, join Zoom. 407 407 dash uh, 486 dash Oh, you don't need you don't need the dash, but yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, 407 but, but can you remind me the number? Uh, 
Too deep for this. So Saturday morning. Yes, we're in the deep. Uh, but but uh, I I didn't read it uh, five times. But I I I listened and read it once. Then I'm very curious, very curious to to uh, to know what you what you uh, think of what these two guys wrote about Boltzmann. What what is your impression? Yes, I I sense that he that he um he he was trying to make science more uh, open-minded, less dogmatic. Less dogmatic. And he was trying to get scientists to say, okay, so you don't like this theory. And you like that theory, so that doesn't mean you should uh, let go of this theory because uh, it has. Of, of either of them, of either of them. It's, uh, it's, it's what? Both of them have their value and their perspective. They can describe reality as a whole from a different angle. Yes, each theory is what. Uh, is not completely right and not completely wrong. It, each theory is like a representation of reality. Because you can't uh, say that a theory is reality. Each theory is, is uh, a representation. Is, is our is, very good. Is so is is, is our uh, a helpful image or whatever right. yeah. to help us understand reality, to help us use reality, to help uh, mankind deal with reality. But it's not reality. So we should itself. The, a theory with reality and say, okay, this is the best reality, so we should uh, erase all the. That is correct. That is correct. Uh, so you 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 got it. Realities, even 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 the even the reality, the theory of the of of uh, that the Earth is flat. That that could be considered a reality that works for uh, uh, a very short distance. I can see. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. That's right. The, the Earth is flat as far as you're concerned. If you only look at a uh, hundred square feet. Even the in even in the early Buddhist uh, uh, or there's the practice of offering the world uh, to the Buddhas, and it, it, it imagines the, the uh, reality or the Earth as something like a flat table, and there's things on top of it and things underneath it. <laughs> right. So you 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 got you got the gist of it for sure, but. Uh, What one thing that I really liked about that was precisely that openness. That uh, what I, I I call uh, quite often anymore perspectivism. 
Because one of the problems that the human mind has in understanding reality is a narrow, a narrow uh, scope. So if we look at things too closely, too narrowly, we miss the big picture. And then we make decisions that are inappropriate. We we, we get all uptight. We don't we are we don't have this flexibility of perspective. Um, the so that's that's the first thing. Relax. It is what it is. Reality is what it is. Let's look at it from uh, a distance. Let's not get too close to it because then we get the tancha, the, the thirst feeling uh, for being and non-being, uh, for the sensory. We get too attached to our sensory impressions, uh, and we are not able to detach. Uh, in French, they say prendre du recul. To step back, to look at reality, and be able to study it in its all, its wholeness, and oneness, in its integrity. So when we do that, we're able to better, I would say, deliberate, better think, better, better uh, cognate, and and not make mistakes with our emotions and impulses. So this the uh, anti-dogmatism. This uh, push towards uh, perspectivism, openness, flexibility of views, is something that I really, uh, right away, connected. Uh, I, I connected with. Uh, it is very reminiscent of E. O. Wilson, who talks about consilience. Um, I always mention it because he says that uh, one cannot know uh, uh, anything uh, from only one perspective. In order to know something very well, you have to use a, a, a variety of different perspectives and sciences, uh, different angles, so you you know it well, you understand it fully. So, in that regard, I was already making the, the, the parallel. So, openness of views, uh, a, a diverse this diversification of your, your perspectives in understanding anything in this universe that is infinite and eternal. So uh, I, I found it extremely refreshing. Now we have to understand too that he, uh, this uh, Boltzmann guy, uh, was uh, under a lot of duress because he had it clear in his mind that uh, the universe was made of uh, tiny atoms. And that went against uh, the, the pervading scientific view uh, that uh, the, the universe was energy, but it was not quantized. So he he had a very big battle because in his mind he was absolutely uh, convinced that uh, gases, for example, which was his, his big stuff, uh, were uh, composed of very tiny, tiny uh, particles, molecules. Um, uh, and, and atoms, I don't know if he knew the distinction between atoms and molecules, I, I don't know, I haven't studied enough in that, but he knew that things were broken down into individual little particles, and he uh, hypothesized that uh, the temperature of a gas in a specific place was directly due to the kinetic energy of each one of the particles. And he did averages and co computations, and he came to the conclusion that uh, within a, a certain volume with a certain amount of molecules flying around or, you know, moving around the space, 
uh, it would be determining the pressure, the temperature, and, and uh, he could compute the average uh, speed of movement of uh, a molecule in uh, in in the air, and you know th the speeds are stag staggering at the room temperature. Uh, I just read this morning that uh, a a molecule of nitrogen uh, travels at 900 and something feet per second or something crazy. I mean, uh, extremely uh, high speeds on an average. And of course, because they're so small, when they impact us, because right now there's air molecules impacting on my on my skin, uh, they are so small that we we only feel the average kinetic energy of the whole uh, trillions of molecules flying around us, and uh, uh, that average of that kinetic energy gives the temperature of the room at the given pressure. That's the, that is phenomenal. Uh, you know, a uh, hundred and some years ago, uh, this guy was already in his mind understanding this dynamic uh, play of molecules and particles, and everybody was looking at him like it was absolutely crazy. Oh, you mentioned uh, consilience, the unit yes. knowledge by a a uh, Edward Osborne Wilson. Yes. Why, why do you find that book uh, uh, valuable to your uh, to your view of how to deal with reality? I discovered Wilson after I had spent a lot of time studying by myself um, the issues or ideas or questions about uh, life and what should I do, how should I live, how should I feel, uh, what is the right thing, what is the wrong thing, what is practical, what is not. And I had been spending, spending quite a bit of time reading. I started reading uh, the different uh, spiritual Bibles, and then I read uh, uh, many, many philosophers, and then I ended up uh, discovering Buddhism, the Dharma, or Dhamma. And I started making my own world vision. I discovered that I needed to precisely uh, understand statements or conclusions from other thinkers uh, with a very open perspective because some of the things that I read made no sense whatsoever at the beginning. And then as I changed my views or my perspectives, I could find sense in them, but only from that perspective. So what doesn't make any sense from perspective A makes a heck of a lot of sense from perspective Z. So if you uh, use A and Z, then you are able to see a concept, an idea, a belief, or a feeling, or uh, a truth uh, much better. Because you can say, yes, uh, this is uh, this truth that we're talking about, but this truth from this angle makes a lot of sense from this angle, doesn't make any sense. So you, it helps you uh, make your thinking dynamic. And after I had come to this conclusion, I bumped on this, the uh, Wilson, E.O. Wilson, that says, that kind of coined the, 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 the term consilience, which is 
to use uh, uh, a priori very different sciences like physics and uh, uh, psychology, for example, two, two completely different sciences, physics and psychology. One just measures what is, the other one measures how we feel, how we think about what is. And in the combination of two apparently absolutely different sciences that have nothing to do with each other, when you can find concealings between them, then you understand any uh, uh, idea or, or conception or term that is pinned between them. And <clears throat> what he, he wrote a book in, in, in which he has a, a little diagram and it has a point in the middle, it has like a, a square with four subsquares. And in, in the middle, there is a concept, an idea, or so, something that we're discussing. And then each one of the squares is different sciences, like, uh, I don't know, climate science, economics, uh, physics, and uh, psychology, or you know something like that. And he says that the more we go uh, closer to the, the, the theme at hand, uh, the less each one of the sciences is involved in it. It's just like, you know, what is in, in psychology does not pertain to uh, physics. But as you go wider in your understanding, and you go wider in your perspective, all of a sudden, the same point that you are analyzing now is involved in both sciences. You're able to kind of bounce off, you know, from the physical point, from the psychological point, from the climate science point, from the economics point, et cetera, et cetera. Trying to look for a word that describes that, that's used more in politics. Uh, something that, that uh, when, when uh, Barack Obama became president, he, he was trying to make it his, um, an effort of, of, of going across the aisle and bringing them in. What is that called? What were you? There is a word in politics that they use that is, uh, uh, well, I, I, it will come back, but I know exactly what you're talking about. Where you're trying to, to bring them in and, and not, not necessarily negotiate. It's funny, no, no, because it's a, it's a word when you hear it, it makes it sound like you do not cooperate on both sides of the aisle, but that's what it is It is uh, talking about, uh, using both sides of the aisle to create or generate the policy or a change uh, in the law. But then the problem is then, then, the, then your constituent or, or 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 people looking back in history and says, "Ah, oh, he 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 went on their side and did that's right for uh, what we wanted." And, and that's right. And that's did. right. <laughs> but, it, it's but in, a, in science and in what? Well, I I would say that a good word to use other than conciliance that, that people uh, typically haven't uh, bumped uh, against or they haven't studied it or they don't understand it very well. Uh, um, we could use the word a, a super perspective, you know, like a, an omni perspective. So looking at any phenomenon from an array of different perspectives. 
Well, there's a definition in a dictionary for consilience. It says agreement between the approaches to a topic of different academic subjects. So you're agreeing, uh, looking at all the different approaches, uh, uh, all the different academic sciences and trying to come to some agreement, especially in science and humanities. And it sounds like from the article, uh, Boltzmann's concept of reality that, that he was try trying to do that because because yeah, I imagine at that time, that was before uh, Einstein uh, theory of reality and, and the uh, ideas uh, of, uh, of the, um, what is it, uh, quantum and, and other things they were starting to think about. And so maybe they were arguing, there were uh, philosophers versus scientists, or, well, philosophers, that were involved in science or, or promoting the, that that there there shouldn't be uh, atoms and then scientists that were that were uh, using data or were trying to show that there are atoms as things and maybe uh, this Boltzmann uh, was trying to do some kind of consilience without a doubt Without a doubt, that's why I think that he didn't use that word, but uh, he was talking exactly about that. He was trying to tell the philosopher scientists, the I guess the idealist kind of scientist versus the the realist kind of scientist, like the realist kind of scientists were were promoting that atoms do exist as uh, as inherently existent objects, and idealist kind of scientists were trying to say, no, there's no, that there's no such thing as atoms or, or, or maybe it's just energy or something else. And so he was trying to come to, uh, uh, or trying to satisfy both sides. He was trying to say that, that okay, you, you idealist, go, go ahead and continue that way. But, but think of, oh, you're back. Oh, I have to click on admit. Yeah, the yeah, Boltzmann was trying to tell the idealist philosopher scientist to not uh, get stuck on that there isn't atoms, but to treat uh, the uh, the idea of atoms as as a model that that will help uh, deal with uh, experiments and go ahead and continue uh, not not having to believe, but just treat it as, as a, a model, a, rep, a representation perhaps, that, that might work in doing, in running experiments. And then, and that maybe that was kind of his consilience or to try to bring, bring the other side in. He went across the aisle. <laughs> I forgot, or I'm still having, oh, you're, you're muted. <laughs> this, or maybe I have to unmute you. Let's see. I'm sorry, I was. Oh, now I unmuted you. <laughs> no, thing. I'm sorry. I, I disconnected without, uh, I didn't do it on purpose <laughs> when I came in. But I was going to say that the, the um, 
partisan is the, the word that they use yeah. in politics, a partisan yeah. effort. So basically two, two uh, uh, opposite poles in politics that make an effort together. But it's partisan because each one, each party has their own thing. So, but they, they come together. So partisan to me sounds like uncooperative, you know, only from one side, from one party. But partisan effort is when they, they both work together across the aisle. Yeah, so so Boltzmann was was trying to uh, work across the aisle to bring the idealist philosopher scientist over to the idea that that okay, so don't accept that atoms exist, but at least treat it as a as a model, as a as a theory. And so maybe that's what he went into as a workable perspective. Yeah, to treating theories not as 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 real but as dogmas models right. as uh, as uh representations as, as what, what i find so beautiful in this kind of thinking uh, whether it is from boltzmann or from uh, from uh, wilson in this case is that in my own personal experience after spending a lot of time thinking about different different uh, ideas problems objects phenomena, I came to the conclusion that the application of consilience or partisanship in our own understand our own representation of life, because you know, you and I are not uh, scientists. So but we still deal with reality, just like scientists do, but scientists do deal with reality with very uh, specific items, mm -hmm. topics. I want to know what the temperature is doing. Why, when I put my hand in a hot pot, do I get burned? What is happening there? So they're very specific in what they analyze. But you and I, we deal with reality in a heuristic kind of way. Yeah, let's make it simple. Let's not complicate ourselves much. If it feels good, uh, if, if it's okay, if I'm okay with that, that's what, that's what I understand. That's what I, mm -hmm. I decide. And that's the way I live. So we are, in a way, amateur scientists representing reality, maybe not with formulas, but you could say that our behavior, our conduct, our life, the way we behave, our character, the way we interact with things and people are our formulas, yeah. unscientific formulas to represent what is, which is reality as a whole. Yeah. And, and my discovery has been that if I use this kind of approach, the Boltzmann approach or the Wilson approach, in my the way I, I look at my cup of coffee or the way I drink coffee or the way I talk to you, the way I, I position my light, the way I eat, the way I sleep, the way I uh, go to work, the way I buy groceries at the store, the way I drive on I-4, all that, this openness of, okay, let's consider the following and look at it from different perspectives, helps, is it brings on phronesis, the, the, the Greek word for um, practical wisdom, which then reverts, remember the trickle-down wisdom, this, this uh, practical wisdom reverts into all the pyramid of the Maslow's pyramid that goes down all the way down to the, what I eat, who I, I, I live with, uh, how I conduct myself, if I watch TV or I don't watch TV, if I spend my time doing one thing or the other, if I do exercise or don't exercise, if I become a vegan versus a, a meat eater, et cetera, et cetera. 
So all of that has been, I can confirm in my own life. Hi. Welcome, Mike. Unmute yourself. <laughs> He's outside. Good morning, gentlemen. Good morning, Mike. How are you? We are living science fiction. Are you in oh. Chicago or something like that? I'm in Chicago. Wow. wow that's nice. Nice background, amazing. by the way. Nice background. Look at that. that There's a beautiful tree. Are you on a, on a phone or something? I'm on my deck. My deck. On your deck. That's that your backyard? Yeah. Are you wow. using a laptop? I actually an iPad. An iPad. Oh, that's well, cool. it's it's. Uh, I'm glad that you you. Thanks for you inviting. Could, Thank you for no, inviting. I'm very glad that you could join. That you could uh, get on this one. This one is a good. We we started just a few minutes ago. Jairo uh, <clears throat> and and myself. Jairo uh, is hosting. Uh, I have invited Francisco, but he hasn't shown up yet. And David uh, Norton who has been uh, present uh, previously is, I don't think he's going to make it today. I don't know why, but we are talking about a beautiful, um, a beautiful idea. Um, I think I, I shared it with you yesterday. The, <clears throat> this uh, short uh, writing about the Boltzmann uh, concept of reality. Boltzmann was a 19th century physicist and mathematician. He became very, very famous. He had a very tough time in his life. As a matter of fact, he, he committed suicide when I was, he was uh, 60 little. Um, he, he had bouts of depression and everything, but he was a genius. The guy was a genius, and he was one of the first uh, physicists to uh, have the intuition that reality was made of tiny little particles. Particles. So the, uh, the, yeah, particles, uh, atoms, molecules, et cetera, et cetera. And, uh, of course... Uh, at the time, uh, he was way ahead of his time, so of course he suffered for it. He was ridiculed. He he had a lot of opposition, and uh, he he had a very tough time. He had a very tough time because for most of his life, uh, in the academic world, although he was recognized as a freaking genius, his most fundamental ideas about the nature of reality, which is what. Uh, uh, us guys talk about most of the time in non-scientific terms, more into philosophical and psychological terms. He he had a, a very very big opposition, was never recognized until his death, and then, lo and behold, uh, right after his death, uh, Planck himself, uh, 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 Max Planck, uh, recognized him as a freaking genius, and he said, "Yes, he was right all along." That's the way, mm. you know, the, 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 quant, the quantic, uh, quantum nature of reality. He was already into him awesome. that. But what I was interested in, and uh, I kind of studied his, his uh, character. Louis, I, I'm so sorry. I've got a, just the dog is barking and it's waking up neighbors. I'll be right back. Sorry. Go ahead, go ahead. I hate to interrupt. Oh, wonder if I can, no, I can't. I'm going to. I'm gonna try to call. Uh, I'm, I'm gonna try to call um, Rami. Let's see if I can call Rami or David. Let's see. 
So I, I will continue what you, you and I were talking about, which is that I, it is my personal experience. Oh, you're back. So um, I discovered this uh, little uh, essay. Non-scientific language. Uh, and the ideas of Planck, uh, of uh, Boltzmann, I'm sorry, and uh, he, uh, even shared some of uh, his, uh, his writings. And in them, uh, I immediately uh, saw a lot of uh, myself or my ideas, not in scientific terms, but in philosophical terms. Uh, mm. And one of them, one of the most important things, and, and Heidel agreed with me, that he talks about uh, uh, um, uh, openness of, of mind. He talks about uh, uh, getting away from uh, um, uh, dogmatism. He talks about how every physical, uh, 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 every theory, uh, scientific theory, is a representation of reality, uh, mm -hmm. which is you know, what is, the, the real real is that, and then we kind of represent ourselves that reality, and then we try to make sense of it. So mm -hmm. I immediately felt very comfortable with that because, uh, and you and I have discussed Wilson, E.O. Wilson and consilience, that is looking at any phenomenon, and when I say phenomenon, I'm talking about uh, an object or an idea, because an idea is a phenomenon or a feeling, or an emotion, or anything, and look at it from uh, the, an open, a super perspective, uh, mm -hmm. which in, 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 uh, includes many different uh, 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 angles and sciences. And, and you know, a fact can be analyzed from many different ways. And the more, the more ways you look at it, the different angles you look at it, the more open-minded you are, and the, you better understand it. Do we so Sorry? Question. Can I may ask a question? Yes. Unless you want to continue along. No, no, no. That, that was it. That was it. Go ahead. So, so what is these aspects of reality? The aspects of reality that the, the, the model that you're describing. Like for so that there there are many different so to be open minded, meaning that there are many different aspects of reality. There are many different ways to look at the different aspects of reality. But there's only but, one? Well, there's only one reality. Obviously, the same tree that is behind you, we look mm -hmm. at the same tree. There's one tree there. Now, what we feel about the tree, how we think about it, how we analyze it, is it good, is it bad, is it beautiful, is it ugly, uh, what is it made of, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Those are the different representations. Yeah. Exactly. Of what is behind you. So, so for example, a biologist, a physicist, a painter, an impressionist, completely different. And a psychologist and a philosopher and everything. So, this reminds yes. me of the, uh, the fable of the, uh, the elephant and the three blind men. So one is Absolutely. feeling one is the trunk and uh, sees, a, sees a snake. The other one is feeling the tail, sees a... Right now, a uh, horse, and the other is uh, feeling the uh, the leg and the the ear, and thinks it's a tree. 
That's a very good, uh, it's very same. good imagery. It's the same thing. And uh, you, you make it very clear right there that if you uh, only focus on one, as a, a one perspective of that phenomenon, you miss out on the big picture and you make decisions and you, you do actions that are uh, flawed because you don't realize you're dealing with an elephant. You think you're dealing with, I don't know, uh, a piece of rope with hair at the end. Now, the interesting part of that is if the three men were to that, be able to communicate with one another as we are, they would understand by putting these pieces together that this in fact is an elephant. Absolutely beautiful analogy because as you are saying, three men together looking at an elephant see the elephant much better than one, uh, one man. So now I take this further. If I can look at reality, the whole of reality, life, life, uh, as you and as uh, Jairo and as myself and as Francisco and as David and the other guy and the other guy, the other guy, my perspective becomes almost universal. So I take everybody's theory and I'm uh, representing talking about. So I become in a multi-mind in analyzing an object. So your, your imagery is very, very good, Mike. This is very interesting, and I think this is uh, also a pattern in, in nature. The, 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 uh, it's patterned in terms of anthropology and archaeology. For example, if we look at a Mayan ruin in the Yucatan Peninsula, we see that you know, the same type of architecture that was being formulated in Egypt, for example. And uh, it's that idea of uh, perhaps the way that we evolve as human beings. After all, we do all come from Africa. So there is one particular, we come from one particular uh, biology one shared biology. So it's very interesting to me, and it's always interesting that our family from Africa, uh, you know, where are you from? Well, my, my family's from Africa. You know, who are you? You know, and that's always very, that's very interesting to me. But anyway, so we, we disperse throughout the, the world and we come up with the same, <laughs> somehow that, that that is I, I that idea is, is 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 spawning from this conversation. I'm not sure why, if that's making any sense. But that's no no no. It makes a hell of a lot of sense because you can take that uh, that same uh, 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 string of thought, and you can go back to before we were we. Mm. You know when did man become man? Mm. You know, we always talk about uh, was the egg or the of the. Was the egg or the chicken first? Well, I can say, when did the egg become an egg? When did the chicken become a chicken? And wasn't there like a, a range of becoming mm -hmm. before the chicken was a chicken? It was a pre-chicken, a pre-pre-chicken, a pre-pre-pre. That didn't look like a chicken, but it was a chicken in formation. So we can take your analogy back to the beginning of time, which has no beginning. So we are the expression of reality, again, looking mm -hmm. at itself. 
It's fascinating. The wider we go, the wider we go, the more different perspectives, the more different slants and angles we use in analyzing anything, Mm -hmm. any aspect of reality, the the more it brings uh, lucidity, clairvoyance in a sense. And I feel that um, um, uh, there's a, a book that says many lives, many masters. Uh, I believe that it's many lives and many minds for a super omniscience. So this open-mindedness is what frees the, uh, the, uh, the, the human consciousness to truly understand the world, i.e. to truly understand itself. And from that understanding comes the, the cessation of suffering. It's like, oh, I got this. So uh, uh, that, that's my experience. I knew you were going to text me, by the way. This morning, I wasn't going to bring it up. Well, I knew that, and, and I'm not. Uh, trust me, I'm scientific based. But I was thinking, I'm. I was just about to. I was hoping that you would, because uh, I have a, a little bit of time this morning. This is not. This is not well, me bringing this up because yeah, yeah. press Hiro and, and, and Lewis. Yeah, I'm simply saying that when I saw the text come through, and I know that maybe that's not a supernatural, but maybe there does that have anything to do with what you're describing. Well, because uh, I knew that you were going to, I was just about to contact you because I was hoping that we could do a Zoom meeting. Yeah. And and because it was the right moment, now that I'm here, I'm like, this is so enjoyable. It is very enjoyable. And I think I just beat you to the punch. <laughs> <laughs> it was going to happen no matter what. Anyway. <laughs> it just, it just so, didn't happen the way you uh, you uh, you know you thought it was going to happen, which was yeah. you calling us <laughs> instead of us calling you. It's interesting because you're bringing up so many interesting things. Um, hmm. The cognitive revolution that we talked about, they say, happened something like seventy, eighty thousand years ago, and we and 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 we find it in Spain, and we find it in uh, in France, right, with the art, with the artwork. The, the yes. Revolution, meaning your question is, when did man become man? Well, we have to ask ourselves, how do you define man? That's right. And, uh, you know, so it's this idea of, and, and we talked a little bit about this, Hyro, which is the, uh, uh, the mythology behind the Garden of Eden, which is this idea of being at one with everything and being at peace. And then there's this idea of, wisdom or knowledge that we our, our minds have evolved into and then it's this idea of self and this would be the cognitive revolution the three major revolutions that are are, are understood cognitive revolution about seventy thousand years ago the industrial revolution which was uh about uh excuse me the uh, uh not the Industrial Revolution, the Agricultural Revolution, which was about 15,000 years ago. And then the uh, an Information Revolution, which would have happened with, uh, well, who was it, Guggenheim with the, with the printing press? Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. The, 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 uh, those are the, those are the, the data, the, the communication the boom, revolution. Yeah. The, the boom, boom, the, boom. And you the internet have, of the, the internet of the 15th done. century or something like that. You know, I don't know. Being able to print a book. 